0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. This is episode 48. It is good to be with you guys today. My name is Harrison Gilming. I'm the worship arts director here at Lake Forest Church in Huntersville.
1: Hey, I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor here. Great to be with you today. 48th episode, and we, Harrison, you and I just reviewed the fact that two of our other churches in our family also started podcasts. Uh, Not too long after we started ours, so that's pretty cool.
0: That's right. That's right. It's been fun doing this, and there some kind of party will happen when we get to episode fifty. I don't know what okay. it's going to be yet. It's going
1: to be a podcast party. Yeah, yeah. Which for has sure. never been invented before, <laughs> but we're going to invent it. That's right. No pressure.
0: <laughs> uh, well, hey, we wanted to uh, we wanted to let you guys know what we're doing here on the podcast today. Uh, first of all, we're going to rewind just a little bit, and Mike was going to share some thoughts. Uh, that he shared just a couple days ago on Sunday. And then we're going to look ahead. We're going to sit down with one of our staff members here at Lake Forest and Huntersville, Maria Furlow, who's going to share uh, some thoughts about a journey that she's been on of uh, discovering some influence that she's been able to have on some folks. So,
1: Yes, yeah, and how that might relate to us. So I uh, we thought we'd just start with a, a quick recap. On Sunday, actually, on Saturday night, I was in my little home study. Um, and uh, feeling a sense of a desire or a leading to speak to our, our church just as a family for a moment. Not a, let me start in with, what book was I in? First Samuel 12, verse 1. Uh, but just a, hey, y'all, how are we doing? Um, I'm not sure exactly what that prompting was, but I followed it, and about midnight I wrote up what I called a family meeting. Uh, for the first five, six minutes of the worship service, and I've I immediately noticed when I did that in the first service, I said, "Hey, I'm going to start with a family meeting." I pulled up a stool and said, "I just a few things I want us to talk about uh, as as friends." I noticed a lean in every now and then. Harrison, I don't know if there's a version of this in worship leading. Every now and then. In, in a sermon, there's a moment Well, I will see people visibly hmm. or at least in their countenance lean in. And it's for different reasons at different times. Sometimes I'll notice it like a single person, and I'll be like, oh, Holy Spirit just got real in, in some form of communication about that person's life because I hear about that, you know, and it's not me. It's just I'm at the front of the room <laughs> releasing the Word of God to the people of God, and the Spirit of God's hovering <laughs> over all of us. So I noticed that lean-in moment, and uh, just to recap, I, I there were three things that were on my heart. The first one was, in case I haven't said it clearly enough, we are a church multiplying church. The, it's significant any time an individual here puts their faith in Jesus for the first time or experiences a new benchmark of living as an on-mission disciple of Jesus. We celebrate that all the time. But the longer-term legacy of all of our collective worship together and our giving together and our serving as Lake Forest will honestly—the longer-term impact will be the number of churches that we launch Mm -hmm. who are creative and reaching new populations. That has been the advance of the kingdom of God for 2,000 years, and we have taken our responsibility for that. Um, and only less than uh, one, uh, 4% of churches will ever plant even one church, daughter church, in their existence. Uh, less than 1% will ever plant more than one. And so I kind of like that we're in the 1%. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind being in the 1% financially, but that's not going to happen for me. I, I didn't choose that career path. It's not available to me. Um, I crack up when, when uh, I hear you guys talk about your bonuses working at the bank or something And, you know, it's like a quarter of your salary or something. Like, I remember discovering that world. Anyway, okay, I like being in the 1% as a church. So, as we're launching the U City Lake Forest in the fall, uh, just be open to if God's calling you to go. I'm not trying to push everyone to go. Nobody should go who shouldn't go. I love you being here. But for those who are called to a, a multi-ethnic witness for Christ in that area of town, and and we do believe it's best to worship kind of where you live um, and not be a regional drive-in church. So I'm especially speaking to people or, who may have friends in that area that you invite to get to know about this opportunity or you yourself. So that was the one thing, in case I hadn't been clear enough. The second thing was just that, we all experienced in our own family, in our friendship circles, in our workplaces, schools for our kids, et cetera, ad nauseum. Last spring was just um, – it was painful. Uh, relationships were threatened because everybody had to make decisions about what does shutdown mean? Mm-hmm. What does protecting other people's health mean? Masking, distancing, in-person, not in-person, et cetera. And, and we made those decisions as a church, and then we stuck with them. And, and we've all made our peace with that as a church. And, and our church, you guys listening, have done a really good job of just being like, okay, that's what we've done. I might have done it this way differently or that way differently, but let's just be cool because these are hard decisions that are unprecedented and that nobody's going to do them perfectly. Well, now... What I was just naming to the church is we're now going to be in a several-month liminal period is what you call a transition or a threshold. And we're at a threshold from the bad new normal to the good new normal (laughs) uh, of getting post-pandemic. And we're going to have to make decisions of reopening, and that's going to be fraught with opportunities for disagreement, disharmony. I just heard a story this morning about a co- from a community group leader and their community group has had some disagreement over how to resume in person or remain Zoom. Mm. And they've worked through that and they've done it well. So I just want I trust our people. So I was really if you guys will hear my my heart was not to say hey, stop it. My cuz our church has navigated this honestly among my pastor friends I'm kind of proud to be pastor of Lake Forest, or or grateful is really the better word, because we've navigated it well, not without some conflict and having to have hard conversations. So I was just, it was an an appeal to be the church that we are at our best, and that is why we're all at Lake Forest. We are diverse among non-essentials of the faith, faith, politically, economically, et cetera and to give each other grace and prioritize the essentials of our faith and unity in our church on the back end of this over any my little preference of taking off a mask two weeks before you prefer to, Harrison. Uh, And then the third part of the family meeting was just, hey, Angie and I are comfortable going out to eat. We're double vaccinated. Other people are comfortable for their own reasons. And I see all y'all out at Red Rocks and pinkies and yoshis i see you but i don't see you here resume back to in-person worship so i was just kind of messing and poking a little bit like it'd be good for your soul to be back here in. god made us to connect personally and we're all longing for that And we're longing for it in pubs in live concerts and things and we really need that in worship and so uh, just this morning one of our elders we had an early elder zoom and uh one of our elders said uh, it is my husband and I have given each other a gift. We didn't know how good it would be. We brought ourselves back to in-person worship for the last two weeks for the first time, and it has made a difference in our mm-hmm. spirit. So th- that was the family meeting, and I've appreciated feedback and people just thanking me for it. And, hey, thanks for kind of taking the role of dad for a moment, Uh, like good dad, not bad dad not the stupid dad on sitcoms (laughs) which is a funny trope and we are stupid most of us dads but just thanks for being a good dad for a moment I have appreciated that feedback
0: and I would uh, I mean I would agree that we have had so many discussions about trying to walk through this carefully and I I'm the same as you Mike I've been very grateful and proud of the way that we have and there's there's just something and we get to see it every week there's just something about the act of gathering together and being in person that is, as it becomes more and more normal, it's just going to be so good because there is something irreplaceable about it. And we're really glad that we've, we've done a better and better job, literally about every week, of making our experience for people who are joining us online as good as it possibly can be because we know that... It We've could worked be a, hard at that. Yeah.
1: We've invested budget in that. We've upgraded a lot of things. Because yeah. it could
0: be another season for some folks, like you said, for various reasons where they can't. But for a lot of us, being back here and worshiping together is just nice. <laughs> it just yeah. feels right. So,
1: I, And I, selfishly, I come in and even while y'all are rehearsing, and I, the Lord gives me stuff. Harrison, it's, it's just a gift to be in person. So uh so that's family meeting stuff and, and we just love the uniqueness of our church and for people who can't handle or that for what their own reason they need to be in a church where everybody has the same opinion about everything that's okay they're going to choose not to journey with us fine i'll see you in the kingdom of god but but for those of us choosing uh who are committed at lake forest we're going to do this great so thanks for letting me have a dad moment with a lowercase d. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's get to our guest for today. This is sort of get to know a ministry partner, get to know one of your staff members. uh, In the theme of our current, where we are in our sermon series, the whole Bible in a whole year. Um, We're going to increasingly, as we get farther in the year, because we have new people who didn't start the Bible in a year with us, you're going to notice we're going to serialize sections of it more clearly with a theme so it feels like a series it's almost a standalone but if you're tracking with this you'll also clearly know we're continuing to progress all the way through to the end of the whole story of the Bible and this current uh, series mini series within it is we've called it influencers just because of what what uh, what this period of God's history with his people is and so I've invited somebody who, Would not wish to be referred to as an influencer in the current social media parlance, but who is someone who has allowed her own story to be, uh, her own God story to be used to serve other people on their own spiritual journey. So, Maria Furlow, welcome to the conversation.
2: Hey, Mimo. Glad to be here.
1: (laughs) You know how many people, you did that to me. Maria revealed the staff's (laughs) nickname to me on stage about a month ago. People are enjoying calling me... Their children are calling me Mima. It
2: is a really joyful nickname. It is a very joyful nickname. You should be proud of it. (laughs) It's
1: affectionate. I receive Mm -hmm. it as such. It cracks me up. Uh, Because I never had a nickname. Mine, because of my last name, in sports, you know, guys give each other nicknames. Mm -hmm. Girls maybe do too. But uh, I was just Moses because... That was kind of good, uh, so I like having a nickname. So, <laughs> Maria, thank you. I took that. At, uh, that was that was just fun when you you surprised me That's very fun. <laughs> on stage and on camera. Do you, you
2: want to know what my little kid nickname was? No, Punky Brewster. I mean, yes. You remember? Yes. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Who's back on TV? Did you know that? No,
2: I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to. It look
1: just that. I saw some ads for it. Uh, her adult Punky is now a mom. Okay, and, It's because yeah. all
2: the things are coming back. You know, All neon. the things, yeah. yes. It's, it's a happy place for me, I have to be honest about that. <laughs> All so. right, well,
1: Punky, there you go. There's your tip Do for the not, day. Do not, no, please. <laughs> okay, Maria and her family, her husband David, mm-hmm. uh, and her kids, they've been ministry partners here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Maria, I think you came to Lake Forest at about the time God was calling us to name our favorite neighborhood in Huntersville, that yep. our equivalent of being witnesses for Christ in our Samaria, as mm-hmm. Jesus said, a place culturally... And maybe economically and otherwise different from your own macro culture, your Jerusalem, but to actually serve Jesus with among people you might not normally interact with, uh, Huntington Green. And when you guys came to Lake Forest, you were actually st- already feeling called to do youth ministry there. Just you and David as people.
2: We were already, we were. Already, you were already, mm-hmm. yes.
1: Yep. So that was that. I, I assume that was part of your attachment of like, oh my gosh, and this church is saying yeah. that they. Because of proximity, Mm -hmm. how come we don't know those people as our neighbors yet? And so you and David, uh, you you had your own life, your mom Mm -hmm. and business people and all that. But that was your ministry. And it really linked up and it served. uh, You guys helped us actually were a pathway for us to begin to serve in the youth ministry that you started. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it was really cool to come here and just have that sense of home and common mission and then the, that was 12 years ago oh now, my goodness Mike. it was yeah. not mm-hmm. you were I, a I, child i was Maria. like 15 back then yes no,
1: I'm, I'm it's amazing <laughs> that's a, okay so um uh you are all on our staff you you mm-hmm. lead our missio day mm-hmm. uh part of our our vision and mission and the missio day team and i i'm so grateful for that but we're not really talking with you as a staff member today yeah. um so there was a you do have some uh, gifts of leading and and teaching the Bible a little mm-hmm. bit. That's not a gift that God gives everybody. Mm-hmm. We use the gifts that we have. Mm-hmm. And um, what's kind of what you may not know about Maria, friends, is she is a published author mm-hmm. more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're winning versus me, Maria, because <laughs> I have zero. Uh, I'm falling behind. She's a published author. And I, I just, I wanted to start, again, the series is called Influencers. And w- what is the genesis mm-hmm. of your publishing? Obviously, mm-hmm. you're a woman who's always invested in others, whether it's one-on-one mm-hmm. or in small groups. And how did you know that you were called to write something mm-hmm. for a larger audience?
2: Yeah. Well, it started when I... I used to be in full-time youth ministry. That's right. In Connecticut. In Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut. Yep. And it started with the story that I was living with those girls there, a kind of like fire rising up in me watching those young women um, not see themselves the way God created them Mm -hmm. and the way he sees them. Right. So there was a little fire sparked in me.
1: So you had what I said in a sermon. Oh, I guess this was at Westlake uh, two weeks ago, you, uh, did, you had a holy hurt about that.
2: A holy hurt. That's a good, yeah, that's a good way to, to say it. And it didn't go away. Right. So over time it stuck, became more passionate about it. And then what I saw is a a link between what they were going through and my own, my own story. Right. Okay. So really, you know, you'll see a common link through all of this and it's the, the God story that he has in your life before you might even know that he's there. Right. I didn't, um, begin my relationship with Christ till I was 20, but he was working in my life long before that. Right. And one so, phrase
1: for that is prevenient grace.
2: I've never heard that word before. <laughs>
1: Keep going. There's please. your memo
2: word for the day. There you go. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so it started with the fire. And so I really felt the call to, to write it down and to write a book. And I, I'll, I would love to address that a little bit later. Cause I think that's initially like a, when we have a thought to do something, that's a lot of our like, I should write a book about that. I'll we'll uh-huh. talk about that later. Okay. Um, but I set out to do that, and I wrote it. And so the first version of that book was a, a hybrid self-published okay. book. And I went down the journey of getting published, but it's a really hard, I mean, it's it's a hard journey to pub- to being um, traditionally published. So
1: My wife Angie is trying to go down that, that trail right now. Mm-hmm. I'm fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot of perseverance, yes, and it takes something that uh, someone like you—you you were not in it for self-promotion, right? <laughs> you cared about the mm-hmm, effect the of message, it. Yep. But it takes self-promotion and self-selling, which is a whole different thing <laughs> it is from a whole different from thing. the writing temperament
2: mm-hmm. and networking and mm-hmm. putting yourself in the right places. So, so I told God something that I do not recommend ever telling him is that I will never do that again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I
2: said, God, I am never writing a book again. I didn't, I loved the writing process loved the ministry part, but I did not enjoy the part that you said, the self promotion, the marketing sales. I was like, I would like to hashtag skip that. So (laughs) I told him never again, continued on in life. And around, uh, around in my early thirties at this point, my family and I experienced the loss of a baby. It was my fourth pregnancy And it was a very unique journey because we found out um, midterm pregnancy that he would not, that he would, he had a fatal diagnosis. So my pregnancy would continue, but when he would come, he would not live for very long. And so that was, that was a story that God had written for our family that we walked through. And I'm not going to go into details about that story, but if you are interested in reading all the details about that particular part of that story, his name was, Gideon Matthew, and um, I, I i have a whole section um, with his name on it on my website. That
1: what is, what's the address of your website? It's
2: MariaFurlow.com. Ah. Easy peasy.
1: F-U-R-L-O-U-G-H. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Maria you can Furlo. click on the
2: Gideon Matthew link and read all about that particular.
1: Maria, one of the things I remember about that time is that just on this theme of influencers, you were very kind, you and David, and you did it for reasons of wanting support and prayer. But you were very kind to share the journey, not later, but as this was mm-hmm. happening, as the diagnosis happened. You shared it with close friends, with mm-hmm. pastors, with family, which enabled me to uh, watch God at work mm-hmm. through it, through you, through mm-hmm. David, um, through other people. And that was tragic and beautiful I saw the gospel at work just I'm saying I was a personal witness and I'm thankful for that
2: yeah and you used a word earlier lean in and to be completely honest up until that point you know we had little kids and I don't think we were doing a great job leaning into people around us is that we right? were kind of living our own you know you, you do guys the, are pretty self-sufficient you do the surface level things yeah. it's like hey hi
1: you're low drama people, right. like you weren't up in here. Pastor Mike, mm-hmm. can you help me with this, that, and the other thing? Just kind of. Which right. I never mind, by the way. <laughs> but you guys were but low. But you need people, though. Low, you, yeah. you pride yourselves on being low maintenance. Maybe I, maybe I could say it that mm-hmm.
2: way. Um. But when, when a time like that came, we realized the importance of not walking life yeah. alone, even in the hard, especially in the hard places. So that and, was really our time to lean into community at Lake Forest.
1: Okay. And- God did some amazing things in your life mm-hmm. as evidenced by the tattoo yep. with Gideon's That's name right. that all your family has on it and mm-hmm. probably some others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, d- did the next part of your publishing journey have to do with, well, we saw the Lord use this mm-hmm. not only in our own lives, but in others. Could this be useful mm-hmm. beyond just our personal circle?
2: Right. So back to that little, that, that fire again, right? Like God yeah. lights something in you. And so I felt very, began to feel very passionate about tackling fear because I was pregnant and terrified. Okay. And so I really leaned into him big time and his word to try to tackle the fear thing. And so.
1: And because I know you and I've read the book um, and heard you preach it, you preached half mm-hmm. of my sermon one mm-hmm. Sunday, several years ago about it. I know that the fear had been a theme. Yes. That you had covered over yep. up until that time. And then this was the worst possible yes. fear.
2: That's right. And so, it, so experiencing that fire in the context of community at Lake Forest, uh, Corinne Kologi at that time was over women's ministry, and she said, Maria, you know, would you be willing to lead a Bible study this fall? Oh. And I said, sure, but the only things I have in me right now are on fear or suffering. So <laughs> <laughs> if it's outside of those t- cop- topics. And then she said, uh, okay, well, why don't you do fear? And then I, at that time I r- really felt led to write my own study. So I I basically just pulled out my journal from when I was pregnant with Gideon and wrote a study off that.
1: Wow, okay. And
2: so walked about maybe 15 to 20 women through a 10-week study on fear. And I mean, man, walking walking alongside these women, tackling fear in that kind of way was so beautiful and life-giving to all of us. And so it was gradually over the time after that uh, that, there, there were mile-markered people that came to me and said, Maria, you know, it, I just want you to know this class made a really huge difference for me. I wonder if this class or this content could make a really big difference in huh. someone else's life. Would you huh. consider doing something with it? Huh. I said, no, sorry. I told God I'd never write a book again. So <laughs> that was my first answer, like the first two or three times. And then finally, you know, I was like, okay, I really think that there might be something to this. And I think that the important part of it for me and I and I talk to people about this when they come to me and they say, hey, I'm really feeling I really feel like I need to write a book. And so the very first thing I say is I think that is awesome. That's why God gives us stories right to to influence and to love on other people. Have you done the content of your book in real life yet? Yes. Right. Have you have you worked it out? in ministry with your church, with the people that God has given to you, because I think that is integral to the the very grueling book writing process. You want to have worked it out. And honestly, that that sermon that I did with you shifted some of the content in the huh. way that they actually said yes to my book proposal.
1: Huh, okay.
2: So really seeing that God, the, God is kind of writing your life, and, and we're all living it. And then I think sometimes we ask the question, like, God, like, what am I here for? What do you want to use me for? And I think there's a sense to kind of want to try to find that. And I think the truth is, is that it's right there in who you are in the life and the story that you're living. And that I believe that when we're, we're faithful to ask God, Lord, will you, will you use my life? Will you use who I am for your glory, for your kingdom? And he will provide you with those. Yes, It's not going to be easy all the time.
1: No. Um, I think you're right, Maria, and it's not. It's obviously not going to look like all of us writing a book, right? Um, or having speaking engagements. I love it when I hear that you're speaking in different places. Um, you've been responsible to that, and then because God has given you a teaching gift, that sometimes translates to a writing gift. But just um, just Monday, Cammy and I had the coolest sit down with one of our ministry partners, Maria, to to, to to echo what you just said, who um, it was the anniversary of something very hard in this ministry partner's life. Mm -hmm. And she went through it with grace, with much fear and trembling. It was not something that she asked for or brought on herself. And she allowed the community to come around her, received counsel, has navigated it so well and experienced incredible healing. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun to go over the Scripture just Monday, Cammie and I and her in uh, Define Coffee, the Scripture that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and the Apostle Paul, he does the whole thing. Hey, I'm Paul, and I'm writing to you, Christians at Corinth, blah, 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 grace and peace. And then he just jumps right in he says, I'm thankful to the God of all comfort, and I'm paraphrasing here, who comforts us in all our troubles, Mm so that, Mm -hmm. and the Greek word there really means for the purpose of. Mm -hmm. He comforts us in our troubles. He doesn't directly visit us with our troubles, but he comforts us in them if we allow. It -hmm. says, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the same way, the same comfort we have received Mm -hmm. from him. Mm -hmm. And so it was fun celebrating with her that, Already, there are examples of personal contacts Mm -hmm. who, because she's generous with her story, Mm -hmm. not blabbing it on every Mm -hmm. corner, Mm -hmm. tweet it out five Mm -hmm. times a day. Mm -hmm. She's generous with her story and open, as you have been, Maria. There there was a great example of a life change Mm -hmm. of uh, someone she barely knew. Mm -hmm. Because she owned that fire or that holy hurt that's now going to be her holy hurt that... That is how God will use her, and she just has to have eyes to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, How do you see that come out in other people, maybe in ways that aren't necessarily publishing? um, Because that's not necessarily the goal of everyone on this podcast, but I know everyone on this podcast wants to experience living on the mission of God Mm -hmm. daily Mm -hmm. with what God has given them.
2: Yeah, I see it most beautifully played out often in the interactions from people that God puts in your life, in your path, right?
1: Being hospitable, yes. to who's already there, rather than yes. seeking out some audience mm-hmm. necessarily. And
2: being and and I do think that there's a spiritual muscle built of listening to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and hearing that little prompting that you get, and then you're like, no, I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> or over time, you practice and you see, okay, let me see. I feel like God might be calling me right now in this conversation to share a piece of my story. Or to ask them a question or for me to be vulnerable or them to be vulnerable and to not, you know, to go to the deeper place in a conversation or in a relationship and to see how beautifully God uses naturally who you are right with the people that you are around to love on them and to minister to them. And I've seen it so many times, you know, a good uh, friend of mine, Jen Fletcher, she, uh, she is a beautiful artist. Okay. And she's wrestled through the years of like where and how to use that and, 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 and what ways to minister with that. And so there's this, there's this temptation to want to like put a plan around that uh-huh. and to package it, and this is my plan for ministry with this thing that God has given me, but instead seeing God place opportunities over time that she did not plan um. on or no, but the willingness that when the opportunity comes to use that gift or that story or that piece of you.
1: That's a really great example, and I'm aware of Jen using that gift in those ways. Uh, It reminds me, my wife Angie is not someone who owns, oh, I've got a teaching gift. I need to talk to a lot of people. She's the opposite of me in that regard. Uh, uh, She's the most humble, self-effacing person I know in very good ways. Um, Being an artist is one of her gifts and talents, and she also looks... She it's not some big plan for her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I gotta I need to serve God with that tomorrow. She just has eyes to see. And when a friend of ours went through something very difficult, tragic, not unlike what you and David went through, Angie just kind of saw a picture mm-hmm. of something that she then turned into a painting for that family that is now in the living room and it represents both beauty and ashes in their lives and the redemption of God. And I love it when we're at their home, seeing that example of her using the thing God's given her. And then she identified a shared hurt with someone God put in our path and uh, and was a blessing to them. That was her part of the mission of God, using her artistic gift and it was really beautiful. And it, it will always be there mm-hmm. in this family's life. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a beautiful practice, but a sacrificial one when because I mean we we all live in Lake Mormon, it's busy, we have families, there's so much going on. It's getting
1: busy it's again. Distracting, yes. uh-huh. right?
2: Um, taking our 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 eyes off of inward focus and being willing to do the hard thing to look out in our days and in our minutes and acknowledge that there God can use those and you know to go back to the the publishing story so I was in the middle of uh, breaking the fear cycle hadn't even launched yet and I felt like it was time to uh, use to readdress the ministry in the book that God placed in me even 10 years before that in the mother-daughter book and rewrite it okay and then repropose it for that book to be published as well So it was a rewrite of the original, that little fire that God placed in me 10 years before that, that I thought headed to be used right then. Yes. God didn't end up, you know, bringing it. And that happened
1: when, when was that republished?
2: So Breaking the Fear Cycle was published in 2015. By Ravel. Ravel. Mm -hmm. And then Confident Moms, Confident Daughters was published in 2016. 17, or it could be 2015 2017 it was around i think
1: the, it was later than then because you were doing i remember you were on the the focus on the family yeah
2: uh no r- family radio life today.
1: family life today broadcast and a couple other things well, anyway the podcast,
2: things take long time in the okay okay world. okay so like you you pitch your you pitch your proposal and the book's not coming out for two two and a half years so it could be you're okay. right, somewhere in there. But anyway,s okay. they were two years apart, okay. somewhere in the twenty teens. Any, <laughs>
1: um, any, f- any things, any follow ups to either of those books in the works, or, or future publishing or speaking endeavors. No,
2: I'm never writing a book ever again. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should have learned by now not to say that, Maria. <laughs> I,
2: you mentioned it. I really just like. I, I think that there has been there has been freedom for me in identifying what I'm good at and what I'm not. I think you're really good at that, Mike. Like right like we're naturally wired, we have spiritual gifts. It's awesome to own the things that come that God has gifted you and to it's not a prideful thing. It's a giving God glory and credit thing. But to also in that acknowledge these are just some things I'm not really great at and I have a visceral reaction in social media. Like it's it's okay. it's not it's just it's not how I'm wired. Okay. And so that is a big part of that's a big part of book writing. Okay. In today's, um, I love I love podcasts. I can do those, and that is also yes. a big part. You go so, on to lots of different. You do so little you're podcast just,
1: tours. Y- you've just set a boundary for yourself. I have set. I, I have that, set a boundary for myself. Yeah. That would get me off of my who God's made me to be and become somebody I'm not. Yes. And so I'm not going mm-hmm. there. So that yep. that's limitations. Yeah, in is. in in that world of influencing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Maria, I so appreciate you being here. Uh, Love having you as a, a key leader of our ministry partners, the mobilizer on the Missio Day. Mm-hmm. Appreciate your unique heart for it's not just about how we serve others around the world mm-hmm. financially and going in mission. Mm-hmm. It's not just how we engage with mission partners here, but it's learning what's the Missio Day for me every day in my life. Thank you for that emphasis mm-hmm. in your ministry, yeah, Maria. Just,
2: thanks, Thanks for having me, Mike. It's fun.
1: We'll see you another
0: time.
2: All right. Sounds great.
0: Awesome. Hey, thank you again, Maria, for joining us. And hey, we're wrapping up. One quick thing we want to let you guys know about before we head out. We have on the calendar, at least, weather permitting. We've had so much fun doing these outdoor worship service things that we at least have a, a big red circle on our calendar, May 23rd. May 23rd, baby. We, if, the, if the weather permits us to. Uh, we are going to be outside again two services our just normal like times yep 930 1105 right out there on the lawn to worship together because it is just it's been too fun to do that and we've been wanting since Easter especially to say when's the next chance we can do that We know for a lot of you guys uh, your rhythm and your your pattern is at that point We have about a week until school wraps up summertime's coming we wanted to catch everybody yeah. when we could and have a big party. We want
1: everybody. Uh, it's outside, so almost everyone medically can make that work. Not everyone. We get it. But we're really going to request everybody make a plan at the 930 and 1105. We'll have to register to make sure that we balance it out. Yep. But it's going to be fun. We think we can fit more people than we had at Easter, and we had a lot of people there at the 930. So fun. Yep. Thanks for letting everyone know that. Harrison. It was
0: very comfortable. It was all good. So we Dude, looked... it
1: was alive.
0: Yeah, it was great. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys there for that. We'll be back uh, next week here on the Ask LSC podcast. Thank you guys again for joining us. Have a very nice week.